Welcome to Unlock Your Wellbeing, the podcast that teaches you the simple keys to health and happiness so that you can grow as a human being into a well-being. And now here's your host, author, certified wellness coach, mother, and wife, Alicia Leadham. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Unlock Your Wellbeing. I'm your host, Alicia Leadham, and today we have a really special guest. His name is Wayne Leadham, and he happens to be my father-in-law. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to be he here. Goes by, thank you so much. He, he actually goes by Harley, so I'll be referring to him as Harley for the rest of the show. And before we dive into today's content, fun fact, this is actually our second time recording this episode, right? Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, Harley came all the way over to my house yesterday. We had this beautiful setup where we sat outside in my sunroom and we recorded um, the show. And then we had some really beautiful technical difficulties afterwards, like the recording, half of it was just not showing up. So luckily, it's still fresh in our mind. So we are going to re-record this, even if we aren't right next to each other um sitting there next to each other but i think it's going to be great and and based on what we did yesterday it's going to be a really awesome episode so harley is basically the master gardener he knows pretty much everything there is to know about gardening he's been doing it for a very long time and he's going to tell us a little bit more about his background on that in just a second but the reason why i wanted to bring harley on to share with us some wisdom about gardening is because gardening is actually a really beneficial thing that you can do to improve your mental health. And I pulled up um, some really beautiful stats and studies on why and how gardening does improve and help your mental health. Uh, And this is all from um, WebMD, okay? So the first thing that gardening does is it improves your mood. So gardening can make you feel more peaceful and content. And one of the ways that it does this is when you're gardening, you have to be super focused on the one thing that you're doing. So it's really hard to be thinking about something else when you are, you know, using your hands and actively doing the one thing. So it can help you to feel better in the moment. Um, For those of you who are familiar with my book or have read my book, The Six Gold Keys to Wellbeing, A Guide to Unlocking a Happy and Healthy Life, the fourth key in my well-being framework is the key of nature. And being in nature is really, really important for your overall well-being. And one of the ways that you can be in nature is by gardening. And it's just so important to be outside and touching and have like having direct contact with the earth, which is what's happening when you're gardening. The other way that it's helpful is it boosts your self-esteem. Um, so Carly, you can share more about how this is for you but when you see your hard work pay off with the things that you're growing are healthy and they they work that has to feel good yeah it does Do you notice that when you do it oh yes yeah the the fresh vegetables are the greatest and uh eating them yourself is one thing but when you're giving them to other people and sharing them you know your abundance of your harvest it uh it's gratifying to see how much they enjoy them and they ask for more of them and, and, and thank you and stuff, but you're doing them good and you're doing yourself good and you're feeling good about it. So it's a win-win for everybody. 
Awesome. I love that. So the um, other thing it can do is uh, it helps you to improve your attention span. Um, so gardening can really um, basically train your brain to stay focused on a single task. And studies are actually showing that outdoor activities such as gardening um, can reduce similar symptoms to ADD. So um, just being outside and doing something like that can really help you to retrain and be really focused in the moment. Of course, it uh, provides exercise. So getting out there, getting into the dirt, you know, moving around, um, it can be strenuous and um, you're moving your body, which is really um, beneficial for your mental health as well. And just like you said, Harley, um, you know, when you're sharing the uh, veggies and things that you've grown, um, you feel like you are um, giving back and like working with others, others in a way. So in some way, it's also like a social um, right. uh, activity that you can do. Yeah, that's correct. You build relationships. You talk to other gardeners. You share with your neighbors. You, you know, some of our neighbors don't have gardens, but they love fresh vegetables and stuff. And some of our neighbors are more elderly and stuff, and they can't do it. So I know they what their favorites are and stuff like that, and I make sure I give them some of them throughout the year. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. I think, um, you know, I love when you bring over you know starting a few weeks into summer you always have veggies for us every week and it makes me feel really good so that has to make you feel good too knowing that all the work you're doing you're giving out to everyone yeah you always plan extra because so, you never know how you never you never know how it's going to turn out so you always plan a little extra you know you can always get rid of them you know throughout the right. season somebody's always looking for some fresh vegetables <laughs> Yes. That's all yes. good. So Harley, I wanna um I have a bunch of I have a bunch of Q and A that okay. I'm gonna ask you some questions so we can learn more about um your expertise. So the first thing I wanna ask you is how did you learn to garden? Oh uh probably from my dad, basically. It's a uh, school of hard knocks. We uh we used to have thirteen kids in our family, so we had a garden, a very big garden, it's probably the size of a football field. And uh, it provided for our family throughout the winter even. I mean, Dad, uh, he planted a big garden. We'd go out and help him with the harvest and some of the weeding and sometimes some insect picking off here and there or whatever. But um, Mom would can and uh, Dad would plant a lot of potatoes. We'd eat them throughout the winter. Uh, sweet corn, melons, uh, lettuce, cabbage, tomatoes. I mean, he planted a lot of stuff and it took a lot of stuff for all of us. So um, I watched and learned. And then when I got married, I decided, well, I'm going to have a garden too. So I started planting my own garden and that was 43 years ago. And I've just built on it ever since then and tried different things. So you never really know at all. You're always learning and, and trying new things and finding new ways of doing things or easier ways or hopefully better ways. And uh, yeah, it's, it's adventurous and it, it's rewarding. It's a good way to be outside and it's a good way to connect with nature. Yeah. So you basically just learned growing up and like watching your dad do right. it. Like you didn't even, yeah. you didn't, yeah. 
Yeah. And I talking to other partners. Garden was a Pardon? I didn't know the garden was the size of a football field. Well, it was better part of a football field. I mean, it was probably yeah, it was <laughs> it was long. And uh yeah, it, and like I said he would sell whatever, you know, people come by and ask to buy some. He would sell some of it too. If you had potato, extra potatoes or sweet corn or melons or whatever, peas, beans, just because some people don't have room for a garden or they're not a, are able to grow a garden, you know, their health or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's that's the way we grew up, and, and uh, mom found a use for it all. So we, uh, you know, so we, with we the... tried doing it. Pardon. So with um, the, like the potatoes that you guys would have, would you be able to store them throughout the winter? Like how long would they last for? Oh yeah. Uh, well, we'd pick the, or dig the potatoes and take them in in probably September, somewhere in there. And uh, they would keep all winter. I mean, most of them would be still hard yet throughout the winter. We had a, like a cellar underneath our house and it was cool down there. And uh, we'd probably have I don't know, four or five hundred pounds of potatoes by the time we got them all in the house or dug. And, uh, you know, later on in the winter and, and towards early spring, they start sprouting a little bit, but you're still able to eat them. You just knock sprouts off and stuff. But yeah, same thing with onions. Uh, we had a lot of onions and stuff they'd use throughout the winter. Um, tomatoes, mom canned tomatoes by the quarts. I mean, we'd use that in soups and whatever she used it for cooking. Um, Strawberries, she'd freeze them, peas, beans. So a lot less trips to the grocery store and, and we had home fresh vegetables, you know, to eat throughout the winter. And it's it's a wow. it's a pretty good savings too. I mean, you know, when you when you go buying fresh produce and stuff like that, it can get kind of expensive. So, you know, a little dollar pack of seeds or whatever goes a long ways to make a lot of produce. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you have continued the tradition. And I think it's just so important that um, more people continue it as well, because it, otherwise yeah. it would could become easily like a lost art. And yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to soak in everything I can from you, because for you, like when I watch you garden, you just so nat natural and it's just so effortless. You just know almost exactly what to do. And even if you know, every year you ask what um, what we want in the garden, and sometimes I'll say, "Oh, something new that you haven't grown before," and you just you always figure it out, and it's <laughs> just so cool to watch. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, and that's a lot of with gardening is if you don't know the answer, you can look. You know, you can go on YouTube, you can talk to your neighbors, you can find people who, who has had that experience to grow on that vegetable or fruit or whatever, and. Uh, and that's the way you communicate with your neighbors and build friendships and and end up with a, a nice harvest of something in the end of the year. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, something that is almost a lost um, benefit that people see in gardening is the community side of it. So even if like you don't have a community garden, like you have your own garden, but it's still very much like a community effort. Just like you said, your neighbors, um, you give to them or they give to you from right. their garden and you learn from each other. And yeah, I think, and you know, there's so much research now about 
how um, loneliness is like almost worse for you than smoking and community and connections and social relationships are one of the most important things that you can do for your mental health. So I love that gardening is a way that you do that. Yeah. You get out in the fresh air, you use your muscles, your body, your, your mind to plan things. And I know it's just, you're intact with nature, you know, you're in touch with nature and uh, you rely on the rain the sunshine. So you keep an eye on the weather too, you know, throughout the summer. It isn't like you're sitting around the winter time hoping it turns spring and warm pretty soon. You're you're watching things grow and uh you're nurturing them along. Yeah. So if someone wants to start a garden, what's the easiest way to start one? Well, it depends how big a garden they want. There's lots of people who live in cities or whatever. You can have a garden on your patio, you know, if you got a sunny deck or a patio or porch or whatever, just with the little boxes or buckets, they can grow tomato plant in the bucket. As long as it gets enough water and sunshine and nutrients, it's, it'll grow there. Um, but then, you know, if you want to explore with bigger things, you know, like melons or potatoes or whatever, you want to find, if you've got a yard um, that's got sun, full sun, and the right type of soil, you don't want a real hard, rocky soil. You want like a loose sand, black humus uh, type sand or type soil. And uh, it's something that, that they can get their roots out in and stuff and get nutrients. If you plant them in hard and in rocky and clay, like they, they won't do as well. So we're pretty fortunate in this part of the country to have a nice, you know, Iowa's known for its crop ground and we live right in the middle of the corn belt, so we have good soil all around us, and we get ample rains, and, and you know, if we don't have a frost too soon, we'll have a harvest. But, uh, you know, we have a long enough growing season where it's able to grow a certain, you know, a lot of the foods that we like. So when you garden each year, do you always start from a seed or do you buy them kind of grown a little bit already from the store and then you plant them or what's your process? Uh, a little of both. Um, sometimes I, if I find something that worked out well the year before, I will save some seeds out of it. Like uh, we have these rose tomatoes that are hard to find when you go looking for a plant. And uh, so I keep some seeds out of the tomato from the following year or the previous year and use it the following year, you know, I let it dry out and then I'll plant it and start it in the house like in March and uh, it'll grow and pretty soon I just planted them here last week and they're about six inches tall and they're, they're tarting, you know, they're taking root and they're shaping up now, but I also buy some bigger plants and stuff so all my tomatoes don't come in the same time. So we get a little bit of a uh, different stages, but uh, yeah, that's, and like melons, I do that with our watermelons too, and I know you guys enjoy them. Um, I always tell your husband to save some seeds out of the nicest melons if he likes them, and he did. And then this year I planted them again, so that's the third year for that that I haven't bought seeds. And as uh, long as we keep having good melons and, and good turnout, we'll continue to do the same thing. But it's uh, it's it's interesting the way you know a little a little seed you know the size of a the tip of a pin can turn out to be a five-foot plant producing you know 50 tomatoes or something like that it's just incredible how that a little little seed can turn into such a 
you know, well-provided plant or well-providing plant. And it's the same thing with potatoes or anything like that. You know, you, you can just cut one seed potato up in about six pieces and have six plants. So you, you know, you could probably get about, I don't know, three, four pounds of potatoes off each plant from one little section of the potato seeds. So, you know, it, it's, it turned into an abundance, you know, with a little bit of seed. Wow. Um, the green beans, yeah, I did that with the green beans too for the last couple of years. I probably haven't bought bean seeds in, I don't know, seven, eight years, something like that. Um, just the end of the year comes around and you're kind of sick of eating beans and stuff and you leave the last picking on there and then when the freeze comes, the plant will die and the pods will dry out and I just pick the pods and I throw them in a, in a dry place and then later in the winter I'll go just peel the hulls off them and I'll have bean seeds for the next year. Wow. So, so far That's the only so thing cool. I've bought this year for my garden is a couple of Yeah, it is. It's kind of and neat. That's just it's, not, it's not that the seeds cost that much. I just like doing it because it kind of makes you look like, you know, you're, you can survive, you know, on, on the seeds and what's there in front of you. You know, it's kind of providing... Yeah, and that's kind of the benefit of you having had a garden for 40-some years is you can just recycle what you have. And isn't that the point of, um, you know, the veggies and the earth? It just, like, keeps giving, and you just yeah. take a part of it, and it keeps growing for the next however many years. Right. Yeah, and taking care of the earth, yeah. Re yeah. Replenishing the earth, too, because, you know, some people use fertilizers and stuff like that. Once in a while, I will do that, but not chemical fertilizers. Um, I throw mulch and stuff into the garden, leaves and stuff like that. And then when we till up the garden in the spring, it blends it into the soil and keeps the soil real fertile and loose and stuff like that. So, you know, we have good gardens as long as we get the rain. And if we don't get the rain, I can water it some to carry it on until we do. But we're, we're in a hose reach what? away from the... Mm. What was that? What would you say are the most what would you say are the most common gardening mistakes that someone might make? Uh, the ones I still make. You don't realize how big the, the plant is gonna grow when you plant a little bitty seed or a little bitty plant. So if you get it too crowded and those things get huge, they start growing together and then you got a hedge. You know, you got a tomato hedge or potato hedge or whatever you got planted. And they don't do as well because they need air to go through them and, and keep them from getting diseases and stuff. They need they need watering, but they need to stay dry to it. You know, they can't be soaking wet all the time because they'll get blights and funguses and in, insects and whatnot. So I, every year I tell myself I got to space these out a little more. I got the room, let's do it. But then you'll see, hey, there's a spacer, and I got a volunteer plant over here. I'm going to pick him. You know, he grew up because I left the tomatoes in the garden. So I'll pop him up. I say, he's healthy looking. I stick him in the ground. He turns out to be a monster too. So, you know, I got to say no to them little orphans that are there and just say, we need the room. We need the room. <laughs> how do you know how much space to leave in between? Uh, usually if you buy plants or seeds, it'll have directions on how to plant them, the depth in the type of soil and the amount of sunlight it needs and uh and go and they're pretty accurate so if it says it's going to get two feet wide and five feet tall it's probably going to get that big 
and I do, I plant pole beans and I, they start out with a little seed and they grow five feet tall. They grow out of the baskets mm -hmm. that I have and start coming down the outside of it. So. But they're handy because you can pick them without bending over. So it's nice that way. So once you have your garden set up, because you said it, the most work is just planting everything at the beginning of the season. What is your yeah. daily gardening routine then throughout throughout the summer? What do you have to do every day? Uh, usually I just check on it and make sure that, you know, you don't have animals getting in it or, I mean, we have problem with rabbits around here and they will eat little plants up to a certain stage and they don't bother them anymore. But right now I, our beans are just starting to come up. So um, I put chicken wire around the plants just to keep the rabbits out. And after the, the plants get about a foot tall, I can take the fence down and they won't bother them anymore. But uh, other than that, weeding, uh, you don't want the weeds to get ahead of you because they can put down pretty deep roots. And if you don't weed it, the weed goes to seed and it's like lawn. It'll just get thicker and thicker and thicker and pretty soon you'll be really fighting a battle. So stay at the weed pulling and, and hoeing and aerating the soil and stuff. And, I mean, it all pays off. And you don't have to do it all in one day. You know, if you got a big garden or if you're not able to, just, you know, do one row a day or whatever. It'll it'll work out. I mean, just keep at it and uh, the garden will reward you. I mean, it's just from tilling the garden and in the aerating the soil and pulling the weeds, you'll double what your yield would be in your garden because it's not, your your plants aren't fighting for nutrients and for moisture, especially if it gets dry, because the weeds thrive in the heat and they, they'll rob the plants of all the moisture that they can. You know, the plants will die first. Really? So how often yeah. do you have to weed? Um, well, uh, we tilled our garden probably like three weeks ago and my wife just planted some flowers in one end of it and then the weeds were probably just coming up like a couple inches tall. But at that stage, and the ground is loose yet, they pull right out. Or you can go out and till them, you know, with a hole or whatever. And that'll be good now for a couple of weeks, probably. And there might be some there then, but it won't be as bad as the first time. But there's things that pop up wow. in the garden, you wonder how. I mean, you'll have a squirrel that'll bury a nut out there, and pretty soon you got a tree growing in your garden. So... <laughs> You have to see anything. And you got birds that land and do their droppings and you'll have mulberry trees growing in your gardens and stuff like that. It's, it's part of nature. Hmm. So how often do you have to water your garden? Hopefully none. Um, I water the plants when I first transplant them just to get them going and get their roots established in the new soil. But so far this spring, Especially since we planted the garden, we've been fortunate enough. We've had some nice, gentle, soft, soaking rains. And that is, you just see them perk right up. I mean, they just, the difference between tap water and city water and rainwater, it's just like miracle juice. I mean, there's no chlorine or nothing in that rainwater. And it just, they love it. My wife uses it on her outside plants. We've got rain barrels with the rainwater in it and stuff. It works nice for that. So it rains enough that you don't actually have to water it yourself. Yeah, usually. But there's been years where I've had to take a hose out there and 
you know, if you know you want tomatoes bad enough or beans, you'll just, but I just water the, the plant itself. I don't soak the, all the soil. Just keep the roots going. And sooner or later, it's going to rain. I mean, we're pretty fortunate here. We, we've been dodging the drought for a couple of years where north and south of us had droughts and stuff. But uh, we were lucky enough to get, you know, substantial rains throughout the year. Yeah. Wow. I, I think um, that's one of the benefits of the Midwest is the weather is just really conducive for gardening, just like helps you out. Right. You don't have to do as and much extra work. Right. But that's another thing in gardening, too. You got to realize what grows in your zone, what grows in your area. I love sweet potatoes. And I'd love to grow on. But our season up in here isn't long enough. I mean, we get frost too soon and they wouldn't be mature enough. That's why that's more of a southern vegetable or it's a tuber but yeah they grow them in the south more that's they got a longer growing season i know Whoa. some people have tried it. they've had a little bit of success but it's not you know i would rather eat sweet potatoes and regular potatoes myself and but they just don't work up here you know it's like having an orange tree up here you know in iowa that isn't going to produce oranges you might have it for one season right. they'll die in the wintertime it's so, yeah, whatever your desire is to put in your garden, make sure it grows in this zone and, you know, just has the right season for it and the heat and the sunshine and whatnot and the type of soil. Mm. That makes so much sense why certain things just grow better in other areas and why you can't just right. grow whatever you want wherever you are because they don't right. grow there naturally. Like the weather just can't sustain it. Right. Well, if, you, if they don't grow naturally, like in California, it's a big produce state, but they irrigate everything. So California is basically a part of the desert, but they irrigate all the gardening and stuff, and they grow great vegetables, you know. So it can be done, but we can't control how long our growing season is going to be here. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So... For the Midwest, what are the easiest vegetables that you can grow? Okay. Um, if you're just starting a garden and you like radishes, they're, you can plant them early. You don't have to worry about them getting frosted off. Peas, uh, snow peas or snap peas, anything like that. Uh, carrots, potatoes. That's another early thing you put in. A lot of people plant those around Good Friday and stuff. They always say in the full of the moon or whatever. Uh, I plan when I get time. So it's it's not, it's an old folklore or whatever to plant those in the full moon. But um, what else would be uh, sweet corn, if you like that? That kind of takes up a little more room and it gets kind of tall too. And uh, what else? Beans, sweet corn. I don't know if you like uh, tomatoes. A few tomato plants will do you a lot. I mean, they give you a lot of produce so I would say that but they're really a sensitive plant and you got to make sure it's warm enough and you're not going to have a freeze because they'll freeze real easy but uh they grow when it gets hot they grow fast um what else they got uh radishes I said what about uh, uh we're trying some zucchini uh zucchini grows very easy too I mean it one plant will do the whole neighborhood. Usually, you got if you, somebody's got a zucchini plant, they got zucchini for the neighborhood. Um, we're trying <laughs> eggplant this year for something new. 
I've never planted eggplant before, but we did this year. So we'll see how that works out. And uh, peppers, you know, you can plant bell peppers, you can plant jalapenos or whatever. They usually do pretty good in Iowa. Um, pretty much all your basic vegetables can be grown here. You know, we get all types of lettuce and cabbage and stuff like that growing. So. And if you don't grow it, you can always find it at the farmer's market. Uh, they have all kinds of farmer's markets around throughout the summer where people who grow gardens or for a business or whatever grow, you know, uh, nice vegetables. And they're, most of them are organic vegetables too. So, you know, they haven't been sprayed on and stuff like that. So lots of use of chemicals. Yeah. So if someone were to start a garden or they just want to grow something this summer, what would you say um, they should they should start with or they could start with? Well, it depends how ambitious they are and, and where they're going to put their garden at. Um, if you go real big with a garden, you're going to have to have somebody till it for you and you're going to have to cut the sod up off your yard, but always make sure you're planting it not under a tree because it, it'll rob the sunlight and some of the nutrients from it, but Gardens need full sun, and they also need soil that is fertile and loose and um, well-drained. Can't, they can't sit in water like a rice paddy. You know, if you put a garden at the bottom of a hill and there's nowhere for the water to go and it's always soggy, it's not going to be a very good garden. So water is good, but too much water is bad. Um, never plant near a walnut tree because they are, I don't know, they, something about walnut trees and what they drop and whatever, it doesn't do nothing any good under them that grows in a garden. It, uh, I don't know if they're, if it's their hulls they drop, their walnuts or their leaves or whatever, but that's just something I've always been told and I've never done, but I take people's word for it because you don't want to spend all the time planting a garden and find out, hey, I shouldn't have planted underneath the walnut tree. Hmm. Yeah, but, uh, but but as far as if you want to start small in a garden, you can just do it with a shovel. I mean, you could till the dirt up with your shovel, um, take the sod off. If you don't like a six foot by six foot garden, will grow you a lot of little vegetables. If you want to plant, you know, a little row of beans, a little row of radishes, a row of carrots, you can get a lot in that little area. And uh, you won't have much invested in it. You know, if you got a shovel, you can do it yourself and rake it smooth and bust up the clods and stuff like that. And uh, you'll be surprised. You'll you'll take a liking to it, and uh, next year you'll probably expand. Mm, love it. So Harley, one question that I like to ask every guest that comes on the show is the name of the podcast. So how do you unlock your own well-being? Um, with exercise and being outside. This time of year, I, I love it because. I try getting out as much as I can in the wintertime, but this this type of year or time of year, I have reason to go outside. I'm going to go out and check the garden. I'm going to go out and mow the yard. I'm going to go out and trim the bushes. You know, the more reasons I can find to get outside, the better I feel. And I do bicycling and walking and, you know, types of exercise like that, walk with the dog. But, uh, yeah, you just feel better. You feel better when you're in contact with nature, I think, and, and the fresh air and, and you also see people and talk to people and, you know, communication is good mm -hmm. for the soul, too. And yeah. you get a lot of yeah, admirers in always... your garden. 
you get a lot of people walking by and see your garden and they'll say, hey, tomatoes. <laughs> I love tomatoes. <laughs> when will they be ripe? No. <laughs> I just say you can have all you want. Just drive by real slowly and I'll throw them to you. <laughs> I'll put you on the waiting list. Uh -oh. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's good. It's good. It, it's a good conversation. People will stop by and start talking, you know, and pretty soon you'll be leaning on the hoe or the shovel and you aren't really working. You're just BSing and stuff and communicating with people. Right. So that's good. Well, it's I'm, good for spirits. Definitely. I am so grateful that you garden and that we can learn from you and we do learn from you. It really is inspiring. And I can see how when the weather gets nicer, how um, you're outside all the time and how it lifts your spirits and just being out there makes you feel good. So um, I think that's great. And I'm just so grateful for you. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your well, wisdom you. and inspiring other people. Yeah, I think some people will be really inspired, um, whether they're gardening or not, to just go outside or learning something new or even feeling more inspired to go to the farmer's market and talking with their farmer and, and learning more about like their process or learning about what will grow right. for them in their area too. I think it's just really important to keep these traditions alive and um, you're doing that for us. So thank you. And like I said, when we recorded this the first time, you're my favorite father-in-law. And what did I say? You're my favorite daughter-in-law, but you're the only one. Yep. <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. All we right. have it officially recorded. I am the favorite daughter-in-law. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. And everyone here tuning in to the show, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you want to check us out, you can head to alishaleedham.com. That's A-L-I-S-H-A-L-E-Y-T-E-M. Um, Michael, my husband, and I are co-hosting a well-being and leadership retreat together in southwest Wisconsin, uh, June um, 15th to the 17th, and we have two spots left. So if you're interested in joining us for a little getaway to help you um, learn new leadership skills and mindfulness skills that you can really incorporate into your personal and professional life, go um, check out the link in the show notes and see if this would be a great fit for you. We would love to have you. If you have any questions, just send me an email, alicia at alishaludum.com. So thank you so much for joining us, Harley. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you.